Hey guys, so we are back um, and this is our next episode. We've already, I think, last count of how many we have. Um, but we are excited to be back. We're excited to be recording again after quite what felt like forever, right, Rachel? A whole lot of changes. A whole lot of changes recording. since the last time we recorded. Uh-huh. Like literally, right? Like you're not drinking anymore. I'm not drinking anymore. That's a big one. Uh-huh. No, finally, a sober month. <laughs> months, a couple of months. months I'm very sober, proud. Right? Yep. I don't have a baby in me anymore. So <laughs> a lot of things have changed since we last recorded. How how was the that whole process as a as a first time mom? Probably. Oh God, I think that's a whole other episode. Um, yeah, it's a learning curve. It's a learning curve, and. Uh, we ended up having the baby in Mexico. And so that was a whole process in itself. And now we're just going through all the paperwork. And I just didn't realize how much paperwork there would be when you have a child who's of a few different nationalities. So we're getting that all sorted. And uh, we'll be back to report on what that process looks like at another time. But it's it's been good. You know, it's definitely a learning curve with a, with a child. I think my partner had to teach me how to change a diaper, honestly. So... <laughs> We're learning. We're getting through. How is there? Is there a diff? I mean, from it's your first child, but you had a child with a Belizean. Mm-hmm. Has there been differences in the way you see or you approach that situation oh, of gosh. having a child, as from an American perspective? Because I know you. You said your mom came down and and helped you with it for a couple of days. It is a boy. You can say he, him. <laughs> him, he, she, they. <laughs> we don't want to. We want to give the child. We want to give the child the right. That's right. He's not old enough to figure out what he is yet. So you can say it. That's fine. <laughs> but um, tell me a little bit about that. Yes. So, well, one of the things that I think is the most interesting is that so many people have asked us if it's my first child and if it's my partner's first child. And I don't know if that's just a general thing across any and every culture, but I think he's almost 40 years old. And so people are like, oh, it's his first baby. And I'm like, that we know of. I mean, (laughs) maybe someone else is going to come along and say something different, but like, yes, that we know of, you're going to say something. I think the, from where that question comes out from (laughs) is culturally men here and both even women are, quite, um, we're f- very familiar with them having childs already from an early age on. Mm-hmm. Um, giving you an example, in my own family, my, my brother, he started from the age of 16, having his first child. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, one of my younger sisters, she started from now at the age of 17. And I'm like, yeah. Jesus Christ, kids, like, stop trying to rush having kids and, you know, wear a condom, <laughs> you know, go to... <laughs> get the morning after it's like it's not a shame to get those things and that's i think that's yep. it's actually some, cheaper it's actually it is, cheaper oh trust me it's it cheaper it's cheaper for you ladies for you to go get the pill and it is to have a kid on formula and diapers and all of that i will tell you that right now right it's extremely <laughs> expensive having uh-huh. a child now. so i think that's where that question comes from because he's already an older guy and he's a guy but and he's very he's very well known, yeah. right? So it's kind of uh, thought of like it's his first child, like he hasn't yeah. gotten anybody pregnant yet, you know, like kind of thing. <laughs> well, 
that's again not that we know of. Not so know. <laughs> I hope nobody comes out of the woodwork after this. Um, but there definitely are some big cultural differences. So as you mentioned, my parents were there for the first few weeks, and then my partner's sister was there for the first few weeks, and there was one day where I was just like, I can't do this anymore because both cultures were just so different, and right, it actually came down to the belly button. This yeah. is what, like the, the most prominent time of that month-ish that we were all together that I just exploded. It was came down to the belly's, the baby's belly button. So I don't know if you know this, but when the baby's born, they cut the umbilical cord, and then the umbilical cord, it's like a stump, right, and they clamp it, and then it takes a couple of weeks, you clean it out, and then after a couple of weeks, it, the stump comes out. And so the sun came out when I was changing the baby's diaper. And I was like, oh, yay, great. Like, now we don't have to be super, I mean, you still have to be sensitive, but you have you don't have to be as careful as you were when it had the stump and you had the diapers and changing and the whole thing. So, like, I came out of the room after changing the baby. I'm like, oh, the stump is, you know, the stump's gone. And so I had to go throw it out. And my partner's sister was like, no, 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 give it to me. I'm going to plant it. I'm like, what? And so apparently it's something, if you plant it here, and grow. I don't exactly know what it is. <laughs> so I gave it to her, pulled it out of the garbage. <laughs> I pulled out of the garbage, gave it to her. I don't exactly know what's happened with it. But then it came back to um, putting, this is where I, I kind of blew up a little bit, the belly button and putting a coin on it. Have you heard about this? Yeah. So when the, the stump falls out, you know, obviously it can be an Audi or it can be an any belly button. And so she was like, oh, you have to put a coin on it and then you can put um, like tape over it and the band-aid and the whole thing. And I'm like, why? Like, for what reason? I don't want to put a dirty-ass coin on my son's freshly, you know, wounded belly button. And she's like, oh, no, so it doesn't it doesn't pop out. I'm like, but who cares if it pops out? Like, there's Audi belly buttons and there's any belly buttons. It really doesn't matter. And then they were talking about whether or not they put the Band-Aid over the belly button. And my mom's like, no, 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 you don't do that. It's a fresh wound. And then my sister's like, oh, no, you got to put it there. And then I just lost it. Because it's something so little, but when you're hearing so many things that are so different... For the last couple of weeks, you just lose it. And so I lost it. And it was Thanksgiving Day. I lost it. <laughs> lost it. Went into the room. Like, had to calm myself down. Didn't want anyone in the room with me and just continue on. But there, there really are some big cultural differences. And for me uh, and my partner, we're both very active people. We're always out and about and doing things. And, you know, maybe if I'm sitting home for a day or a couple of days, that's like a you know, big deal because we're usually out and about doing things. And so... Um, we never, I mean, I, I'll say I never really considered staying home with the child right after birth, right? In the sense of him not leaving the house for the first however many months of life. And then I learned here that you don't take the kid out. You typically don't take the baby out for the first three months. I don't know if you've heard of this because of the OHO. <laughs> you might have to explain it. My little OHO. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to explain that? Because for me, I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Well, I, I think that's a little bit more like a, superstition. Like a superstition when it comes to the baby. And, you know, like, um, I know one of the things is, like, don't let a, a drunkard come around your baby. Yeah, we've you know, you got to use the red little band thing yeah. on the baby. Um, there's a lot of things that happen. And, and I think when it comes to a kid, I, I would look at it not being as a superstition. I would look at it as a, it's a newborn. It's so sensitive to the world outside, right? Sure. So I, I don't think um, that a drunkard coming near my baby is specifically wrong. It's wrong because you don't know where they've been, you know, <laughs> kind of thing, or the alcohol, whatever. Sure, so, sure. You don't want them holding the child, that's for yeah, sure. Exactly. Uh -huh. So they, there's that aspect of it. Is it true? I don't, I don't think, I don't know. I mean, I know I don't have an Audi. 
And I and <laughs> I found coin on your I, I, I think I probably was put a coin sometime sometime uh, there. Uh, I do find that having an Audi, nothing's wrong with it, but I just uh, uh, physically wise, I think having a Nini is better. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I have an innie too, but I didn't have a coin on my belly button. So I don't know if it's like what it's like to have an Audi, but, but no, and I, I agree. I mean, having a newborn, obviously you have to take a lot of extra precautions because it's their health, right? They're new to the world. They're mm -hmm. not vaccinated. They don't have the immunity yet that somebody like us would have at this point in life. So I completely understand that. But it was the one thing that I heard. I was like, oh, the oh, like if you don't want somebody with bad energy or bad juju, like looking at the baby, <laughs> cover the baby. You know, my poor baby's sweating. He's sweating. He's half American, remember? He's sweating. And people are trying to wrap him up and put blankets on him and put these socks and hats on. Like, the dude's sweating. Like, <laughs> let him breathe a little bit. We're in 85 degree weather. You know, I grew up in the in the low teens where you had, you know, obviously you dress up for that, but like you're dressing him like he would be dressing for the low teen temperature. Like, let this poor baby breathe. Um, but I, I mean, I get it, right? It's differences in culture, differences in temperature, differences in a lot of things. And oh gosh, we're just touching the, the tip of the iceberg here. The, the amount of things that I've heard, even like, remember the eclipse that we had? Was it October, September, October? Something around there, yes. Something like that. And so I had, a, I think it was a, a weekend. It was like a it Saturday or Sunday. Mm -hmm. And so I had to go into the office to do something. And I've had, I had multiple people reach out to me on Messenger that day and like, since you're pregnant, you really shouldn't leave the house because there's an eclipse happening. I'm like, okay, there's an eclipse happening. I get it. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but they're I'm like, not. oh, what did they if say? you're pregnant, you should not leave the house when there's an eclipse happening because it can do damage to your baby. But if you're going to leave the house, wear red. And I'm like, well, what do I have that's red underwear? So I'll put red underwear. So like I leave the house and then obviously when you're physically looking at me, you don't see that I'm wearing red. So people would be like, you really shouldn't be outside right now. Like, you are you wearing red? Yes, I'm wearing red. Like, life's fine. The baby Somewhere. will be fine. The baby will be fine. And that was actually the second eclipse of the pregnancy. And so someone else told me that, well, you you know, during your pregnancy, there were two eclipses. So there's a high probability that your baby will have a cleft lip. And I'm like, okay. I mean, we've seen the 4D ultrasounds. His lips, everything looks fine. But okay, thank you for the warning. When he comes out, we'll just double check that he doesn't have cleft lips. But things like that, it's just a lot of superstitions, I think. And obviously, I haven't been pregnant in the States before, right? So I don't know that. But when I was explaining to friends and family about some of these things that I was told, I was like, a, they told me not to go out in an in eclipse. And they're like, what in the world? So it just really depends on, you know, obviously, there's cultures, there's traditions, there's a lot of things that go into raising kids and just generally living, right? But Absolutely. it was interesting. It was interesting, the things that I was told and even now just to generally the way that we're raising the baby there is differences for right. sure differences and you have to learn to compromise and you say well there are so many babies that were born here in Belize that are doing just fine you know and so many babies that were born in the states that are doing just fine and so when you look at when you look at that it's like is it really that that much of a difference if your child's wearing a hat when he's sweating versus like you know not wearing a hat so mm -hmm. you just have to be a little bit more mindful and you know just really gauge it on the baby yeah absolutely I mean it's but, uh, it, having a baby is a completely new, different feel. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I don't. <laughs> but your time will come if you want one, Joe. I hope it doesn't. Dogs are great in the meantime. You nah, I don't even need a dog. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have time for anything right now. But yeah, myself. true. No, it's true. So that's one thing that I see specifically a lot of 
uh, young Belizeans, either uh, guys or girls, getting themselves into and having a baby at such a young age. And I guess for me, having the example of my brother mm. was one of the determining factors and deterrents for me personally to never want to have a child, at least not in the next couple uh, eclipses or blue moons, because it's just not going to happen. You know, I'm not financially there. I'm not mentally there. I'm not physically there to even think of having a child. Like, I struggle sometimes by myself, you know, and then I'm wondering if you have a child. And a lot it of actually people doesn't, say, <laughs> there's no, there's, it doesn't get better, Joe, if you don't, like, have a clarity, like a light bulb that goes, no, 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 no. Like, even still, there are days when you're like, you are the exact same person when you have a baby versus when you don't have a baby. I it, guess for it, me, it's financially. Financially, okay. Financially. Yep. I, I am too selfish to want I have to put my life on pause. Yeah, sure, I get for that. A kid. And I think that's one thing that yep. a lot of Belizeans, young Belizeans need to start realizing is that there's so much more to life than not just having kids. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, one of my biggest inspirations have always been someone like yourself, someone like my previous employer, yeah. someone like uh, my agent, Kate, that I've always worked with. And they've always been uh, such good role models for me to realize that, you know, when you have a kid, I want to be able to give them everything and anything that yeah. they need. You know, it, like if, if, if they need, because you never know if the kid's going to be born perfectly healthy yeah. or if it's not. And if it isn't, doctors, medicine, all that stuff, it's not cheap. No, it adds up. And I it truly want to be able to say my kid can have everything he wants. He can have the best doctors if he needs to. My wife will be able to have that. Mm -hmm. And also just enjoy my life right now. And, and that's one thing that we have to yep. touch base. Like, I know you have enjoyed your life in such a way that now that, you're, now that it's your first kid, it feels like you, you've lived already, right? Yes, but no, no, honestly. Yes, but no, because there are still so many things coming up, you know, whether it's, this is going to sound so selfish, but like concerts or meeting up with friends in other places and vacations that I would still absolutely love to do. And luckily, my partner are really on the same page about this, where he's like, you need a few days away, go. You know, he was in Houston last month, right, when the baby was a month old and people were like, oh, my God, I can't, I can't believe he left. But it's like, you know, we have a good support system here. We both understand that we're not people who are going to sit in the house all day long and just you know we have to adapt now to our new lifestyle what our new situation is so no there's still a lot of living that I feel like I have to do but you adapt and you figure out the best way to move forward with the baby you know maybe you have the trusted family members who can watch your baby for a couple of days or maybe when the baby's old enough you take the baby with you and I mean, it takes us like an hour to leave the house now. Whereas before, <laughs> truly, like if we're taking the baby with us, it takes us an hour to leave the house because you want to make sure the baby's up, the baby just ate, you just changed the baby, the baby's clean, like ready to go. You don't want to be taking the baby out like mid-nap because you know the baby's going to be crying the moment that you change it. Like there's a lot that goes into taking the child out with you, but we've made it a priority to bring that baby into our life and make have the baby adapt now. We had the best of intentions of that, right? But the baby was screaming and had really bad gas. So you can't be living the same lifestyle that you lived when the baby's screaming. And I took the baby to Frenchie's. Which is, so Frenchie's is a really nice restaurant here. Chef Patrick, if you're listening, we want you on the podcast. But we, I took the baby to Frenchie's one night when friends were in town. And I was like, you know, this is, this is fine. We'll make it work. And the baby just starts screaming and screaming. And I was like, people aren't coming to Frenchie's here screaming baby. So we got up and left. 
right? You know, I understand that you have to be cognizant of it, but no, Joe, going back to your question, like you never, you're never really ready for it. However, I think when you, maybe you find the right partner or you're at that time in your life where you're looking to be a little bit more fulfilled, Mm-hmm. then it's a great time. And I think like the partner is so important in it. And like, I don't know, like, why do you think people are having kids like early on here? First of all, it's just basic lack of education for okay. anything else. I remember this is a hilarious story, right? <laughs> um, I remember that at around the age of 11 or 12, I got sent to buy my first morning after. I wasn't for me. It wasn't for someone <laughs> from me. It was my brother. And he told me, he gave me an example of it. He told me, go to the pharmacy and get this. Here's the money. And I just went. I thought it was just like Alka-Seltzer. I, I don't know. Aspirin. Aspirin or whatever. And it, oh I went. And it was funny because now that I look back, I, there's specific things that I really clearly remember. And I remember this uh, pharmacist's reaction when, she, when I brought this up to her. She gave it to me. She sold it to me. But her reaction when I asked for it and I gave her the money, I think, she, but I think she knew that I had no idea what it was. Okay. Right? And I did and I took it back. And it wasn't until, obviously, years later when I was in the position of meeting a morning after and I went to the clinic, I went to the uh, pharmacy. It was like, it just clicked. I'm like, oh, because the first time I went for a morning after, I was embarrassed to do so. Right. I was truly embarrassed to do so when I shouldn't. And I, I give this next story. Uh, at one point, I worked with someone for a bit and he was young and he had just uh, he and his girl has just had a child and they were both very young. And we were talking about birth control and all of this. And I'm like, this guy didn't know a thing about birth control. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't know yep. about how affordable it is for you to go to a, a, one of the clinics for yep. 25 bucks a month. You can get the injection. Obviously, go to your doctor and talk <laughs> to the doctor first. Job told me I should come and get the injection. <laughs> but even the doctor consultation is like 50 bucks. Right. And I think if you are, I think the problem too is that if you are underage, you might need to go with an adult. Um, okay. So that's a next big barrier that parents Belizean parents don't speak to their kids about sexual health enough and then that's yes. an example yes my dad or my mom never spoke to me about anything sexual at all they probably were just too embarrassed or whatever to to say say so mm-hmm. like the person who taught me how to put on a condom was my brother and he used a, a, fan, a coca-cola bottle and an actual Ooh, condom that is do. girth baby <laughs> Because he told me, what he told me, he was like, Uh you don't make the same mistake that I did, right? Yep. And I'm glad that he did. And I'm glad that he sent me to go and buy that. Because when I did actually, I didn't feel so ashamed or embarrassed to do so. And again, the education-wise, a lot Mm -hmm. of parents, Belizean parents, just want and have their kids to figure it out on their own. And that's when their kids come and make those mistakes. And bear in mind, they say a kid is never a mistake, but... Probably it isn't, but you probably but better would times better to times <laughs> to have a kid as well. That is yeah. why I think a lot of the time there's a mm. lot of teenage pregnancy, a lot of young um, young um, guys getting girls, young girls pregnant. Mm. And I, I mean, yeah. some step up to the plate and actually provide. Like this one that I'm talking to you about, 
mm. he realized that you know there is nothing you can do yeah, again you can't be taken back but he's uh, luckily he's stepped up to the plate and i always tell him on messenger that because i always see him post and i'm like man i'm really proud that you as a young guy stepped up and because we see a lot of single moms here that yeah just struggle because the dad walked out because that was a deadbeat, which is right. that's it's true. But anyways, but you're but you're right, and like obviously on our show here, we talked about some of the the differences, right? And I remember when I was ten or eleven years old, I got taught all about like your changes as a woman, what's going to happen to you. Like we were shown, like here's a pad, here's a tampon, like here are all of these things so that you're prepared. And when that happens, when you get your period. Like, this is what happens to your body, so be careful. And I remember having my mom, um, when I was I was in a serious relationship, as serious I can be in high school, right? And so my mom's like, well, let's take you to the doctor, make sure everything's okay, and if you go on birth control, which you should go on birth control, it's you're gonna tell your father it's because you have acne and the birth control helps your acne. And I was like, perfect. I mean, he obviously never knew, right? But it was a mom who understood that I was in a, in a relationship and it's bound to happen, right? At, at 15, 16 years old, like, I don't know, maybe your it's not bound to happen, right? but like, maybe it's not bound to happen, right? I don't want to get anything in the, your mind, but like, it, it does, it can happen. And so you just might as well be protected. But even like, I remember, so when my partner and I were talking about like getting somebody pregnant, it's not like, it doesn't just happen any day of that girl's cycle. Mm -hmm. there's a certain time in the girl cycle when she's really going to get pregnant. Yeah, and men are like, well, there's so many people who have one-night stands and like they get them pregnant. Well, maybe it was just meant to be, who knows, right? But I think that if you're educated on it, it's absolutely the best thing that you can be. And if you're a parent listening to this, like freaking educate your child. There's no disservice that you're going to do to your child if you educate them about what happens. Anyway, we're going on a bit of a a tangent here, but it is a big, it is a big difference. No, and you I, know? And it, it was a thing that I had to confront my dad about mm. and my mom about. Oh, you you brought it up to them. No, when oh. now I had my two sisters, uh -huh. I kept telling my two sisters this. Um, obviously, one looks like they didn't listen properly, <laughs> um, but I kept telling them this just because you know I, I realized it. Mm. 